God's Word. Our passage today comes from 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. The Word of God says, You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of the lawless people and lose your own stability. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. And this is the word of the Lord. All right, you can have a seat there. Jeff, thank you for doing that. Uh, That is Jeff Skiles. Um, Him and his wife, Beverly, uh, just joined the church this week. And uh, we're excited about that. God's bringing a lot of people to our church and not just to, to kind of attend, but really just kind of jump in and, and begin to do ministry with us. And so we're excited about that. And if you see them, welcome them and uh, kind of introduce yourself and make them feel at home. Um, if you have your Bibles, open up to that passage, 2 Peter 3, verses 17 and 18. That's kind of kind of be our, our launch passage today. Uh, this week has been, it's, especially for parents, this week's really been a crazy week uh, for all of our kids going back to school, right? A lot of kids moving up in grades. Uh, even today at church, that we've, we've kind of switched some things around. They have to continue to move up a lot of classrooms and preschool and kids ministry. And there's just been a lot of transitions. And I think these weeks, these moments and milestones kind of remind us uh, that our kids are growing up. We kind of know that. And so this week I was reminded of that. On Thursday at the, uh, the Smyrna campus, we do a ministry called CLC, which is a Christian learning center. Um, and it's just a, a you know, preschool kind of thing that we do there. And one, the staff asked us, uh, Becca Wilson said, hey, could you all come down there and just welcome the kids and the parents as they come in for their first day of school? And I love doing that stuff. I love being around the kids. And so I'm like, yeah, come down there. So we did that. Me and Kyle were kind of standing beside each other. And all these kids start coming um, to school. It's their first day. And as they start coming, we start to notice some of the kids. They are running towards their first day of school. They are embracing the idea of growing up. I mean, they're, they're loving this. They're on fire. They're high-fiving. They're trading in their blankies for backpacks, uh, passies for pencils. They're ready to go, and they just, they want to grow up, and they just, they're embracing it. And then there's a few kids that kind of coming in, and they seem more allergic to the idea of growing up. <laughs> they, they, they're kind of coming in, arms folded and frowns, and uh, they're afraid. They're afraid of change. They're afraid of, of, of getting away from what is comfortable for them. They're clinging to comfort, maybe moms or dads. And, and to be honest with you, some of them came with the weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's kind of what it was like. They came to classroom that morning. Uh, and, and so I was just kind of reminded, even in that process, although easy for some, hard for others, that growing up emotionally and physically is a very natural process. It's a natural process that God has given us so that humans just grow into full adulthood. It's a natural process, right? In the same way, in the spiritual realm, this is exactly how some people approach the idea of growing up to spiritual maturity. Some run and they embrace it. 
They're excited about growing and growing in spiritual maturity. They're involved. They ask questions. They, they get into groups and they're reading their Bible. They just embrace the idea of growing up. While other people come kicking, screaming, dragging their feet, afraid to change, resisting the idea of growing up, and many of them suffer from arrested development. Growing up spiritually, no matter how hard or easy, is a very normal and natural process and the means of which God grows his children in the likeness of Jesus. It's a natural process. We must grow in the likeness of Christ. The moment that we lay down our arms and we beautifully surrender to Jesus Christ, the moment that happens, the scripture says we're born again, spiritual infants. So we're not... Born again as mature adults, we're spiritual infants who must grow up into spiritual maturity in the same way we do that physically. That process is called sanctification. It's a lifelong process of growing up. You might have heard the old adage of come as you are. It's like, Jesus, just come as you are. And that's true. We can come to Jesus just as we are, but you cannot come to Jesus and stay as you are. He didn't save us just to deliver us from hell. He he saved us to change us, to grow us, and that is the lifelong process of us growing up. So after we're saved born-again Christians, and we grow up, he calls us to spiritually put away the blankies, to refuse the pull-ups and the preference to stay in the church's nursery. He calls us to grow up into spiritual maturity. Paul said it this way, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Paul said, "Be, be mature in Christ. Peter tells us to make every effort to confirm our calling and election. In other words, prove you're saved by growing. Jesus himself said that we need to be perfect as our Father is perfect. That basically means the rest of our life we're supposed to be pursuing perfection. That means growing. Today in our series... Find life, live sin. That's our, that's our DNA. That's our mantra at LifePoint Church. And we're, we're trying to put some, um, some flesh on that statement um, of what it looks like for a healthy disciple, uh, uh, what that looks like and what find life, li- live sin looks like. And so last week we said that we're going to do that by four Gs. We're going to do that by explaining gather, grow, give, and go. And so obviously today... We're going to talk about the importance of growing, of growing. If, if you're going to find life and live scent, um, you're going to need to, we're going to need to understand, embrace, and apply the word grow to our lives. And so let's look again at this theme passage in 2 Peter 3, and let's jump off of this. This is from his benediction 
here at the end as he closes out his letter here. It says this in 17. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You might want to underline that passage. I think that's probably, there's no better phrase in the scripture that describes the Christian life than that right there. Growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's three things I think that are important in verses 17 and 18 to pull out. The first one is this. The Christian life is growing in the grace. The Christian life, our growth, is it's in the knowledge of that we have been saved by grace already in the person of Jesus Christ. It's growing out of that understanding that all that we are and all that Christ has given to us, it's all Grace. So what that means for us is, is this call to grow is not growing so that we can receive grace one day. It's growing because we have already received the grace of God in Jesus Christ. I'd much rather be working from that position. I don't know about you. Yeah, we would. It's growing in grace. The second thing I think here is that growing in grace is personal. It's a personal thing. Look at look it says here is that grow in the grace in the knowledge of what? Of who? Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that tells us that this Christian life of growing is not just growing in, in personal knowledge of doctrine and do's and don'ts. It's not just the, the understanding that we study scripture to come up with theological concepts and read a lot of books and get a lot of information about impersonal sources. No, we, we're gaining and growing in the knowledge of a person. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Look at Ephesians 4.15. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. The last thing I see here in this passage in 17 and 18 is that growing in grace has a context here. Growing in grace is not neutral. If you look again at the passage there, it says that we're not given this option to grow or stay the same. Peter says, grow in Christ or be carried away Be carried away with the juvenile, delinquent, lawless people. Wicked people. If you don't grow, that's where you're going to go. And worse, you will lose your stability is what Peter says. Christians, we don't have the option to just stand still, stick a stake in the ground and not move. We move forward. We grow in grace And if we're not growing in grace, we are shrinking in godlessness. 
There is no position of staying the same. These are haunting and really warnings from Peter here that we're either being carried, carrying forward in grace or being carried away from the truth. That's why we need to grow in grace. That is the why behind growing today. Now I want to transition to the how. How do we grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? The way that we're going to talk about growing today is by three things, three principles um, that we actually get from the Jewish educational system of what they did with their children uh, growing up. It is by three things, learning, living, and leaving. All right? Learning, living, and leaving. And so this idea is, it's kind of like the kids in America. We have uh, children usually start school around five or six, and they go through three tiers of educational uh, schoolings. They go through elementary, they go through middle, they go through high school. In the Jewish culture, uh, they would also start school at five to six, and they would also move through three separate schools. The first school was called the Bet Sefer. Um, usually a child would start around five and six, and their curriculum was the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. And so they would read it, memorize it, write it down to probably help them with memorization. That was the Bet Sefer, and that's what they did. The second kind of stage, I guess you could say middle school, uh, was the Bet Talmud, which started around age 10, 10 to 14. Maybe you call it middle school. And what they would do in that schooling is they would learn through oral interpretations of the Torah. They would hear the speaking of people giving what we would call commentaries on the scriptures. So they were filling a lot of learning, a lot of learning with the first two schools. And then there was the third phase. The third schooling was called Bet Midrash. And during the Bet Midrash, after the age of 14, if they had moved through elementary and middle school, what they would then go to do, by this time their head is full of a lot of knowledge, right? They know a lot of things, but then they needed to learn how to live these things out. And so what would happen um, in the transition here is they would become a disciple of a rabbi, and that rabbi would teach them how to live. They would learn, and then they would live. That would continue on to about the age of 30. And at that time, if they had again progressed through these things, um, the, the disciple would go to them, the rabbi would go to them and say, hey, okay, you've made it so far. Now what I want you to do is I want you to follow me. Leave everything else behind, including family and friends and work and career and all these things. And this idea of learning of living and leaving was the three progressions of growth for the Jewish Christians. Now, in context for us here today, again, remember, Jesus has, has called us to follow him. He didn't just call us to call upon him so we wouldn't have to go to hell. He called on us so that he could make us like him. He says, follow me. I'll make you into something. And this whole process, as he invites us into, is involved with learning, with living, and with leaving. 
So that's the three things we're going to look at, how we can grow today in those three concepts. So let's look at the first one. We grow by learning. We grow by learning. Matthew eleven twenty nine, Jesus says this, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus said, learn. I have to teach you some things. I want you to learn some things from me. I believe as new students who are enrolled at Christian U, uh, that the very first thing that we learn, uh, the ABCs of Christianity, is the gospel. It's the gospel message. It's the, it's the spiritual milk that gives us the nutrients that grows us the fastest and the best. It is the gospel. Sometimes I, I sit down with people and have conversations and say, well, tell me what the gospel is. And they say, well, it's a form of music. It's, it's, it's the Bible. It's the truth, right? And that is accurate. That Those aren't wrong statements. But when the Bible talks about the gospel, it talks about something different. The gospel is the best news that you've ever heard in your entire life. The best news. It's the message of God's goodness. God's goodness towards us in the person of Jesus Christ. Despite our rebellion, despite our rage against our creator, despite our sin and shortcomings, and I mean countless shortcomings, God in his great love has made a way for us to be right with him. God came in the form of a person, his name was Jesus Christ, and Jesus stood in the place of us. He took on the very wrath of God through his death, through his resurrection. This is the gospel, and if You believe in that gospel, God is now fully and forever for you. That's awesome. This is the gospel. For those who believe in Jesus in this gospel message, you can now live without debilitating regret in your past. You can now live without fear of future, fear of being punished for your sins. You can now live without the fear of death. You can put all that behind you and you can move forward and you can live with great hope and happiness in God. This gospel message, of course, doesn't just tell us how to get to heaven later. It tells us how to live right now. If you want to talk about marriage, you want to talk about headship, you want to talk about submission, you have to talk about the gospel. You want to talk about how to raise children, you have to talk about the gospel. You want to talk about freedom from addiction, you have to talk about the gospel. If you want to talk about forgiveness of people who have wronged you, 
You have to talk about the gospel. You have to talk about reconciliation. You have to talk about the gospel. You, if you talk about loving your enemies, you have to talk about the gospel. You want to talk about gathering here, worshiping and giving and serving and being missionally minded, you have to talk about the gospel. We never, ever graduate from it. Church, hear me. You don't ever graduate from that. Growing in grace is just growing deeper and deeper into that message. Listen to what 18th century Pastor Archibald Alexander said. He was a Presbyterian preacher for 60 years and then a professor of divinity for 40. That means he was a really old, smart guy, all right? This is what he said on his deathbed. All of my theology is reduced to this. Jesus Christ came to save sinners. Isn't that awesome? Smart guy. (laughs) It's all reduced to this, right? We never wear out the gospel. We never graduate from it. But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't just stop with understanding the gospel and how it applies to our life. We need to become students as the students of the Bet Sefer was. They, they memorized the Bible. The first five books of the Old Testament, we're called to study the entirety of the Bible. Remember Jesus said in the Great Commission, teaching them to obey all of my commandments. We have to be students of the word. We have to learn the Bible to learn the Bible. Not only that, if we're following the progression here, remember the, the second stage in that Bet Talmud is they begin to study and listen to oral interpretations and commentaries on the Bible. That's how they grew. That's how we grow. We, we read good books, and I say good books, not just books, but we listen to good pastors and theologians and podcasts and sermons Oral interpretations of the scripture. That's in fact what I'm doing right now. It's an oral interpretation of the scripture. This is a way that we grow. This is a way that we grow. This is a way that we we learn. Sadly, there are some who've been Christians for years, but they, they don't move beyond the spiritual milk. They don't have an appetite for meat, no growth, They don't grow. And the reason they don't grow is because there's very little Bible knowledge. Sadly, they they know more about the Titans or Taylor Swift than they do about the Bible. Be sure of this. Whatever we water will grow. Whatever we water will grow. And if you want to grow in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you've got to water it. You've got to get the the word out. You've got to get your Bible out. You have to read it and study it and meditate on it and pray that God gives you understanding for these things. We have to do it with other people. We have to get around other people. Hey, what does this mean? Can you help me here? I don't really understand. That's what they did. 
They didn't just figure it out on their own. They didn't just go to a church service once a week and they got it. No, they had to have help. This is how they grew. Church, we, we, we will not grow in grace, in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We won't grow in peace. We won't grow in the abundant life. We will not grow in godliness for the sake of the world no further than we know this book. This is it. Listen to what John Wesley said about this idea. Reading Christians are growing Christians. When Christians cease to read, they cease to grow. May we be the church that puts away the talk of, I'm not a big reader, or I don't really understand the Bible, so therefore I stop and I quit. Let us not be that church. Let us be the church that says, help me. (laughs) Someone help me understand what I'm reading. Someone sharpen me. Help me to understand the things of God because we cannot grow if we do not learn our Bibles. Listen, this is, why, this is why in student ministry, this is why we're bringing discipleship groups on our campus on Sunday morning so they can learn, so they, they can go to the Bet Sefer and the Bet Talmud. That's why we're doing it. They need more than just an experience on Wednesday night. I love the fact what they do. That's great, but they need more. And that's why we're doing it here. That's why we have a culture here at our campus of discipling that happens in groups of people. Maybe that's what you need to start doing today is you need to begin to be a student at Bible University. Maybe you need to ask for help. We're glad to do that for you. Let's go to the second second area of growth. We grow by living. We grow by living. By the time a disciple had entered this third school of Bet Midrash, their heads were exploding with knowledge. Remember, they had sat around, they had memorized the first five books of the Torah, they had consumed probably thousands of oral commentaries, and all these heads are full of knowledge. But it didn't do him any good if he didn't live the truths that he had learned. That is why in the progression, uh, that is when he would get a rabbi, a teacher, to show him how to live the things that he had learned. They would, the disciple would mimic or imitate his rabbi. He would talk like him. He would walk like him. He would eat like him, cut his hair like him. There was an imic- a mimicking process that happened there because the discipler was teaching the disciple how to live out these truths. If he didn't live it, it didn't mean anything. And in this, we grow. In order to grow, we must learn. We have to learn. But the goal is not just learning The goal is to change the way that we live. We don't just learn the Bible so we can be these theological tadpoles, these big, huge heads, these little bitty bodies. 
We, we, don't, we don't learn these things so that we can appear smarter than everyone else around us. Oh, I have formed eschatology. You should hear my view on all the millennials. That's not why we grow. That's not why we learn the things of God. We learn the things of God so we can live like the people of God should live. It's got to change the way that we live. Spiritual maturity, church, is not measured by how much you know. It's how you live with what you know. Listen to what John said in 1 John 2, 6. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Walking means living in that passage right there. How do we live? And so some today, you're hearing this, and you are someone who kind of knows the Bible. You've kind of gone through Bet Sefer and Bet Talmud, and you're kind of there. You're like, I know the things of the Bible. I've been doing this a long time. But the reality is you just need to grow in your living. You need to grow in your love, in your patience. Grow in your kindness, compassion, courage. Boldness in sharing the gospel. You need to grow in your hatred of sin. Grow in your understanding and practice of forgiving other people who've wronged you. Some of you need to grow in your speech and how you talk. Some need to grow in humility. Some need to grow in their hatred of their pride. You know, Jesus taught these things to his disciples, not just by giving them information, but by imitation, didn't he? It's the principle of, you maybe heard this before, some things are better caught than taught. And so that's the way Jesus' disciples learned. They just watched Jesus. And I think this is the preferred way that we learn how to live right is by imitating other people who are worthy of imitation. Disciples, by being discipled by people in the church who know you, who are flesh and blood relational people. Just, hey, I'm gonna disciple you. This is what I do every Wednesday night, by the way. I take a group of guys and say, hey, I'm gonna disciple you. We talk about the Bible, talk about my life. Here's how to do this. And here's how you navigate through your house and your children and all the things. And sometimes I'm teaching them stuff that I've learned through screw-ups. But I'm, I'm showing them. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking into their life. They know me. This is, I believe, the best method of growing and living is by being discipled by other people. Because here's the reality. Some of you, you consume a lot of digital media, podcasts, reading a lot of books, listen to a lot of great pastors and theologians that are probably better than me. And you might love them better than me. But here's the deal. They don't know you from Adam they can't talk back to you. They can't say, hey, you're so full of pride right here. You're actually wrong. They can't do that, can they? It's because you don't know them and they don't know you. We need people speaking into our lives, showing us how to live. Again, this is another push towards being discipled. <laughs> this is what we need as Christians, you and me both. We need people to speak into our lives. And leaders, some of you are here and you're leaders. 
Listen, the call here for us is, is our lives worthy of imitation? Are we worthy of being mimicked? I hope that we are. The next section is grow by leaving. Grow by leaving. Let's look at Luke 14, 26. Jesus said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Clearly, in context, Jesus is not teaching us to hate our family. We do know that. What he is simply saying is, is you can't follow me if you love anything else more than me. So you're not even worthy to be my disciple if you love something else, someone else more than me. That's a, that's a high bar, isn't it? It's a pretty high bar. But as he gives that invitation to his disciples, and we know they, how they responded, in this school of Bet Midrash, the disciple would hear that, and they, the ones that were willing to follow Jesus, they, they would leave everything. They would leave family, home, dreams, career pursuits, whatever the case was, they were willing to leave in order to follow Jesus and become like Jesus. The lesson for us is that we cannot grow in the likeness of Christ, in grace of Christ, in the knowledge of Christ. We can't grow if we are not willing to leave things behind. Can't do it can't continue to go where Jesus is going and do what Jesus is doing and then take everything with us. We have to be willing to leave things behind. I remember in my own walk with the Lord, I had to leave a lot of things in order to grow. I had to leave sins and I had to leave friends. I had some people in my life and some things that I was doing that simply were not going to help me grow in the Lord. I had to leave those things. I had to leave behind a sinful desire to make a lot of money. Like I thought that was going to give me the peace that I needed. If we could just make more money, if I could just climb that ladder and get that job and make this income, I had to leave all of that behind. I had to leave behind a sinful desire for the approval of other people. I had to leave behind a toxic sports cutthroat culture. Had to leave all that behind. What is the Lord calling you to leave behind this morning in order for you to grow? Relationship, an imbalanced devotion and love for your family more than Jesus, simple desire to climb the corporate ladder at whatever the cost. What, what is it that the Lord might be calling you to leave today so that you can start to grow? Here's a last bonus point. I don't think it's going to be on the screen here, but I think it's here. I think the other way that we grow is by leading. Leading. Because what would happen as the, in the Jewish system here and the progress of growth here, after a disciple hit 30 and he had kind of moved through each kind of stage and he had learned to live. And what, what would happen is, is he would be sent away to then go find his own disciples and begin to lead other people in the way that he had been led. As we grow in our Christian walk, this is exactly the progression 
that God has in this cycle of Christianity. We grow, we learn the we drink the spiritual milk. We grow in our understanding of Christ. We move through the elementary doctrines. We grow into uh, our teenage years and to adulthood. And then eventually, in God's good cycle, what we do is we go start to teach other people. We grow by leading other people. Look at 2 Timothy 2.2. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses Entrust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Paul would also say in Titus 2 that older men are to teach the younger men and older women are to teach the younger women. This is a natural progression. And I would be convinced that when you begin to, when you hit this stage, and you begin to pour into other people and lead other people, you will actually experience some supernatural growth in your own life. I hear the amens and the head nods. When you've been asked to lead at your group one night, I promise you, you study a little harder, don't you? (laughs) Yeah. What if they ask me a question? I better get busy in the Bible. I better understand this thing, right? That's how we grow. We grow by leading other people. And some of you You might be in this stage of your growth. You've learned, you're living right, you're not perfectly, but you're living a godly life worthy of imitation, and it might be time for you to start to experience some supernatural growth by leading other people. I think to kind of summarize here what Peter says in the first passage and what we've seen here, if we want to grow spiritually, If we want to be able to stand strong in our chaotic culture and to protect our own children from the torrential onslaught of wickedness and cultural ideologies, if we want all of those things to happen in our lives, if we want to move forward in Christ's likeness and hope and abundant life and and happiness in God, if we want to do all those things, we have to learn, we have to live, and we have to be willing to leave. As a plant cannot grow without sun, air, without water, a Christian cannot grow without learning, without living, and without leaving. Let me share a, a personal story with you. Um, as we end here, um, at the age of 33, as a, a, a Christian with a new heart, and I was a member at LifePoint Smyrna at the time, I had this desire to grow. I wanted to, I wanted to know more about my Bible. I, I wanted to know more about Jesus. I wanted to grow in grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I wanted those things, but secretly... In my own heart, I was afraid to grow. There was a bit of a hypocrisy happening in me. I dreaded a growing faith. I dreaded the idea of what it might cost me. I dreaded the idea that that growing might might just drown my own personal dreams. 
I dreaded a Christianity that was way too real to me. I was afraid that, that it was going to be a lot of work, cost me a lot of friendships, a lot of my freedoms. I was afraid of change. I was afraid I would have to sacrifice some, some idols and some Isaacs in my life. I was afraid that, that I would actually have to have awkward conversations with people about Jesus. Secretly, I, I wanted to just stay the same. Part of me wanted to grow. The other part wanted to stay the same. Status quo. Bro, just go to church. Just, just, just keep doing that. My biggest obstacle in my growth was my desire to stay small. Does any of what I just said draw any blood with anyone in the room? Have you ever been there before? Are you afraid to grow? Are you afraid that it's going to cost you something? Are you afraid of losing comfort, what you know is familiar? Are you afraid to grow up? Here's the deal. If you have a secret desire to stay small, it's going to rob you in the end. But here's the good news again of the Lord. If that's you, Jesus won't leave you there. For those who are called according to his purpose, he won't leave you there. Like this persistent divine God knocking on the door. He's he's pounding. He's not going away. And he won't go away because he loves you too much to leave you in spiritual immaturity. I'm so thankful he did that in my life. You need to be thankful that God is doing that in your life. You need to remember as I remembered that it is the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, not Jesus. It's to give life and give it abundantly. So the invitation for you to grow today is the invitation to be blessed. Who wants to walk away from blessing? I hope you see it in the same way. Father, again, God, your word has told us exactly what we need to know. It's the only constant in our lives, Father. It's the only thing that is true and it's unwavering and it stands the test of time. It's the only thing that's pure. It's the only thing that gives life to dead people. And God, I pray today through the preaching of your perfect word that you move your people to grow into the likeness of your son, Jesus Christ. to look more like him, to live like him, to be on mission like he is, to share the gospel like he shared the gospel. God, do that work in your people today by the power of the Holy Spirit that is in them. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. I want to give a couple of minutes here
if you're a deacon in the room, would you be make yourself available for anyone for questions, uh, prayer, encouragement, whatever you might be. Uh, but I want to give I want to give a few minutes for you to reflect on, on what maybe is your next step today. What grade do you need to either enroll in or move on to the next grade? I found that radical life change is really the not the norm. I, I, I've seen that most life change happens over a period of time. And so it really just happens one single step at a time. And that we have the responsibility of today of finding out what that step is. So I want to give you a few minutes to do that, and then I'll come back up and close this out.